I am so glad that you are present today. You can just sense a different spirit in the air right now. School's back in motion, even with its peculiarities. We've got the sports season, the fall season. As some of you are feeling really good right now about MSU and others of you are feeling good about the University of Michigan. And we are in this series, Chasing Carrots, the endless pursuit for more. And so last week we discussed fame, and this week I have several questions that I just want to ask you as we begin our conversation today. How many of you would like to be rich? I mean, if you're viewing this right now, just raise your hand if you'd like to be rich. And how many of you know someone who is rich? Yeah, you can raise your hand. And how many of you have ever had this thought that you've seen somebody else who is rich and you thought to yourself, if I had their money, I would handle it differently? I bet you that created a snicker with some of you. And how many of you would admit that you're filthy, filthy rich? What's interesting here is this. Uh, you said that you're not rich, but you'd like to be rich, so that creates a little bit of a con predicament because we'll continue to pursue more and more and more stuff. It's interesting. There's a pastor uh, to the west of us, uh, way to the west of us, who did this series also, and he came up with some research, and the question was asked, what would you do for $5 million? The responses are pretty interesting. Did you know, I don't even know how people come up with these responses, but 54% said that they would listen to country music for the rest of their life. Now, for some of you, that would be pure heaven. And others of you, it would be the opposite place of heaven. It would be hell. 42% said that they would have all of their teeth removed. Now, personally, I don't think that that's too big of a sacrifice, considering if you had $5 million, you could have all of them replaced, they would all be straight, and you would be looking with those pearly whites. Now, the next two responses are uh, kind of a little alarming to me. 50% of the people said that they would, for $5 million, they wouldn't care if one person died randomly. Ugh. But this next one, 24% said that if they could get $5 million, that they would live in solitude for 20 years. Ah, I don't know if I can handle those last two. Gallup polled, who does a lot of research to find out pe how people would respond Ask the question, what is rich? For those who make $30,000 a year, they feel that if they could just have 74K, they'd be rich. And for those of you who make 74K, you're going, that isn't rich. And then the people who make $50,000 a year, they said, hey, if it was like 100K, but for those of you who make 100K a year, you're going, hey, you don't understand about college, the mortgage payment, the car payments. Top income people, uh, said they would like to have like $5 million in assets. And if you ask people who make $2 million a year, 
they say that they're not rich. Why is that? Because the line, the line always changes. There's the constant pursuit of more. Look what it says in Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Watch out. Watch out for the advertising. Watch out for social media. Watch out for uh, even your friends because friends can push you to want more stuff. Because the message that we're absolutely clobbered with all the time is, is what you don't have is what you need to be happy and fulfilled. I absolutely am inspired and illuminated by God's word because there's so many practical real life situations for today. And there's a guy in the Bible who um, was very rich. Uh, you kind of can figure from the story that he was into agriculture. It seemed like his crops were always at a high level. There was a great bounty. And that happened again this particular year. And he decided to just get bigger and better. And so he ripped down his buildings. He put up new ones. And this is what God's word says about that attitude. Luke 12, 20 through 21 says, but God said to him, God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Did you catch that there? The implication here, God wasn't upset or disappointed in the fact that the man was rich because his richness, whether he realizes it or not, comes from God. It's the fact that there was no attitude of being generous and rich towards God. So where does this lead us? There's good news and bad news. What do you want to hear first? Well, some of you may be yelling out the bad news and others good news. So those of you who say good news, you're getting the good news because that's the way I've prepared this talk. The good news is this. You are rich. I am rich. Now, I understand that some of you are not buying into this right now. You're not believing this right now. You don't feel rich. But let me put it into perspective a little bit. Three billion, three billion people live on $2 or less a day. Some of you today bought coffee that costs $5 for one cup. Think about it. You have an account with Amazon and you get uptight when they don't deliver your Yeezy shoes on time. And, and, and think about it, when you go through a fast food restaurant and you're well down the road and you go for your dipping sauce and they gave you the wrong dipping sauce for your nuggets or didn't give you any, you almost go ballistic. And the implication here is this, is that if you drove a car through a drive-thru, you're in the top 15% of the people in the world. And to even carry this a little bit farther, many of us drive by 10, 12, 13 different restaurants to get the restaurant of our choice. In fact, we have other people who milk the cow, catch the fish, 
chop the head off of the chicken for your chicken salad. Now, for some of you, you may divert from eating chicken salad today with that analogy, but that's how rich most of us are. The good news is this. We are really rich. Would you repeat this after me? I am rich. Uh, no, do it with a little bit more enthusiasm. I am rich. Now, I want to pause here for a second. I want to be sensitive. I understand that some of you have medical bills that seem um, a real stretch right now. Some of you are going through uncertainty. Some of you may even be unemployed, or maybe you're going through a tough relational divide right now. Maybe you're even getting divorced. I understand that there are exceptions to what I'm communicating today, but the vast majority of you, us, we're okay, and we're pretty rich. And so I think that through, and if you'll follow my train of thought here, if I'm rich, I want to be good at being rich. Rich that really honors God. Would you say it again? Repeat this after me. I am rich. Does that make you feel uncomfortable a little bit? Why? Ecclesiastes 5.19 says, Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift from God. From who? Say it out loud. From God. In fact, it tells us in the book of James, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Why, why, are, why are we embarrassed? Why is this making us feel a little bit uncomfortable? Why, if maybe we even realize that we're rich, are we apologetic or maybe even ashamed? Think about it. In what area... Are you blessed in an unbelievable way and you'd be embarrassed? If you have an incredible marriage, it's not like you sheepishly go, I have a good marriage. No, you're excited about your marriage. You're excited about your mate. You're excited about your growth. You're even excited about your tough times. Or if you have an incredible job, you don't, you're not embarrassed about being well aligned with the what you're being asked to do, or if you have an incredible family with children and you enjoy being together, why are we embarrassed to say that we're rich? Who gives the wealth? God gives the wealth. The good news is we're rich. The bad news is you and I are rich. There's another ruler in the Bible coming from God's word. And this ruler literally walks up to Jesus and says, good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus began to list several of the commandments and concepts from God's word. And you can just, when you read this in the story, you can just see this fella beaming, nailed it, got it. I've lived that way. And then Jesus looked right at him and he said, Sell everything you have, give away your profits, and follow me. And this man was very sad because he was very wealthy. And look what it says in Luke 18. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard 
it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. This guy chose his stuff. Can I ask you a question? And you're going to know this, you're going to know this pretty quickly. What do you love more? Your stuff or your savior? See, the good news is I'm rich. The bad news is I'm rich because there's a spiritual disadvantage the way we live today. I have a house, so I have a roof over my head. I have food, and so there's a lot of food in the fridge. I have a card that connects me to Amazon, and I can have things delivered to my porch within a day. But very few of us here who are listening to this have ever had to pray this prayer, give us, give me today my daily bread. And as a result, in the culture we live, we're always told what you don't have is what you need. <laughs> like right now, do we need that new iPhone 13? We see somebody with a new style of sunglasses and we go out and get it. Or how about that new car? Or we go to someone's house and they have the new countertop and it's so much better and we want it. And that's why we already read, watch out, be on guard. Because the abundance of possessions does not bring satisfaction. I know something about you because it's true of me that Right now, everything I'm saying, we understand it in our head, but our lifestyle so many times do not reflect that truth. God expects more of the rich. More money, more stuff, more possessions is powerful, but ultimately, it's not life-giving. More money isn't going to help your children, your kids stay off drugs. More money is not going to heal your friend of cancer. More money and possessions is not going to make your depression go away. In fact, it may enhance it. More money, more stuff, more possessions will not restore your fractured, broken up marriage. Here's a key insight right now. We don't need more of what's temporary. We need more of what's eternal. We don't need more money. We need more Jesus. Be on guard. Watch out. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Command those who are rich in this world. By the way, who's rich? I'm rich. Who's rich? Say it. I'm rich. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, volatile, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's interesting here that in this passage, in some versions it says command and in others it says teach. In other words, if you study this, it's like, please get this message across. 
Make sure people are hearing this. And now, don't get me wrong. It's not wrong to have possessions. We see the signs that say, drink responsibly. And you and I are rich, so be rich responsibly. Don't feel guilty. Feel responsible. This passage that I just looked at, at verse 17, goes on in verse 18 through 19, and it says this. Command or teach them, those who are rich, those who are following Jesus, those who know Jesus, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, for the days to come, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly, truly life. In other words, do good. Do good with good deeds. Be generous. Be willing to share because we have the understanding that God has given it to us anyway. In other words, I have been blessed. Would you repeat that after me? I am blessed. Would you repeat this? More With more than I need. Say it again. I'm rich. But I will not trust in my riches. Say that again. But I will not trust in my riches. Repeat this after me. But in him who truly provides. Thank you for saying that. We have money in the bank and no peace in the heart. And when the satisfaction comes is when literally people stop trusting in the pile of stuff and possessions and they properly trust in the provider of all of that. I know this may seem awkward. You may be listening to this on the radio. You may be out gardening. You may be listening to this online right now. But would you repeat this after me? Because I have more, I will give more. Come on, come on, repeat this after me. Because I have more, I will do more. Temporary possessions of this world promise much and deliver very little. We don't need more of what's temporary but eternal. Let's go back to that passage in 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19. Do good. Be rich in good deeds. Be generous. Be willing to share. Don't hold on to your stuff. Let the Savior work through you. Do something that matters. Pay a bill for somebody. Help someone move. That is an act of love. You can't buy enough donuts, pizza, and beverages for people. Total act of love. You want to do something that matters? Help someone move. How about serving in Grumlaw Kids where we need assistance right now? Maybe for the first time you step out and begin to tithe and give from your first fruits. We'll be talking about that in an upcoming series. Share your faith. 
purge some of the stuff and the possessions that are limiting you from being what God wants you to be and give it away. I've seen this in my own life uh, so many times. I, I, I remember years ago when most both of my parents were alive, and I don't know why I get emotional at this. Um, my wife and I had just got married, and we were fortunate to purchase our very first house with very little money, money down because somebody helped us. And my mom and dad said, hey, can you get together one night? And it wasn't a special occasion, and it was kind of out of the blue, and we got together, and I, I, I remember that they handed us an envelope, and it said, you can go to, cert, to a certain furniture store and pick out uh, any dining room set that you need because we didn't have a table. We didn't have chairs. They did something that matters. I remember when I've been on mission trips and feel very awkward because um, we're treated like royalty and they prepare food for us that they don't prepare for themselves. They give their very best. And why is that? Because they know Jesus. And so I just want to summarize what um, I've been saying, and it's this. God has blessed you and me with more than we need. I'm rich. But I will not trust in my riches, but in him who richly provides. Because I have more, and I will give more, and I will do more. That's how to live rich.